Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And we're back here on Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak alongside Steve Geller. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you don't. That doesn't make any sense. Anyway, we're going to get into what I've been wanting to talk about for a little while now. And I, But I wanted to do it justice. I wanted to pull some clips. I wanted to do some film study and kind of see if my kind of initial read on, on things was correct. And I think it did pan out, which is I don't think Bradley Roby should be the dedicated slot corner. And I think that that's kind of where a lot of people went immediately upon seeing CJ get traded to the Eagles. And there's just been this idea that, okay, you have a dedicated slot corner for the last three years and he's the guy who's there. He's, you're not rotating, but I think this is very much going to be a rotation. And I think that in certain instances, you're going to see Bradley Roby there, but in, in a large number of snaps, I don't think you're going to see Bradley in the slot. And there are a few reasons why. And I think one of the big ones is I want him to do what he does best. And one of those things is being a ball hawk. And I don't think you can be a ball hawk in the slot just because of the route you're covering and where you are on the field and the proximity you are in the, to the line of scrimmage will make it really difficult to be that. And I asked Roby kind of about, you know, the just the background of being a ball hawk and he like lit up immediately like this is clearly something that this is clearly a title that he appreciates and that he wants to have said about him um he has 11 interceptions in his career and he has earned them and i have some clips about that that i'll show on the, the video version of this podcast obviously um but here's what here's what bradley had to say when i asked him about this last week and one of the things that stood out throughout camp is all the interceptions. I counted, I, mean, I counted five. I don't know if there were any more. You know, is being a ball hawk kind of a, a mentality, or is it just something where you just find yourself in the right place at the right time? Um, I think, you know, a lot of guys um, get lucky in the league and kind of get those lucky tips. You know, tips and overthrows, they're going to get those. you got to catch them. But um, you definitely have to have a mentality. Those guys that uh, get picks every year and kind of get run them up the numbers. Um, it's a mentality. It's a, I'm going out here to get the ball. You know, a lot of guys go out there, I just don't want to get beat. And some guys go out there, I just want the ball. And it's really just your mindset. Because you're going for the ball, sometimes you'll get there early. A lot of guys, oh, knock it down, yay. You know, but some guys, I'm there early and I'm picking the ball. So there's different situations. Sometimes you're not supposed to go for the pick. Sometimes you are. You know, it's really just 
about uh, having that mentality and the confidence, uh, being able to catch too. You know, it's, it's not it's not easy just the last second turn around and the ball's right there. So, is, and is that something you've always felt like you've had, or did you kind of pick that up over time in the NFL? Yeah, I think it's something I've always had. I think those type of things are. It's when you're young, you know. I played with offense when I was young. I thought I was a receiver. I thought I was going to be Jerry Rice. Didn't happen. But, um, you know, just the mentality. I thought I was a receiver, so I kind of carried that. You know, just talking to guys and meeting a lot of guys with the league that are ball hawks, you kind of see, like, okay, they were in Little League, they were doing that. In high school, they were doing that. You, it's kind of, you don't just get to the league and just become a ball hog. You know, it's just it's a feel for the game, I think, in my opinion. Ball hawks aren't made, they're grown. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. It's one of those things that I don't think – I mean, you can improve your catching ability, but that instinct that you have to have to be able to break on the ball or to, you know – I guess you could, you know, to guess the route, that's definitely something that is you're, – you're, I don't know what you're born with, but you definitely have that that kind of instinct within you. Yeah, yeah, and I think for when I for Bradley, you know, one of the things he said there that I think makes a lot of sense is that he came up on the offensive side of the ball when he was younger because he does have really good ball skills for a corner, and that's like a lot of times you'll have guys out there and they'll have a ball just knock off their hands and you're like, well, that's why he plays cornerback and not wide receiver. But you know, what one of the things that he's done incredibly well in this camp is not only set up interceptions but come down with them. I counted five that he had in team drills. He may have had more. I wasn't at every practice, so I can't say definitively that that's the number, but I saw at least five. And, you know, I think it was the biggest difference when you look at a guy like Paulson Adebo, who was fantastic throughout camp, but one of my one of my criticisms of him, and it's a minor one, is he doesn't come down with enough interceptions. He gets his hand on the ball constantly, but he's not picking it. And I think it's it's not completely random right i think that there it's a skill to not only be able to deflect the ball but to set up the play and break on it and make a catch with your hands right and so i have some some film here that i'll describe as it's playing because some people are only listening to this obviously and i went through so i didn't go last year because his interception last year actually came in the slot but it was one of those lucky like okay the quarterback just kind of threw a ball and it just fell in your hands kind of deals so i didn't look at that one but i did go back to his time with the texans and so i think i have four interceptions here and all four are in zone coverage three of the four are in off coverage and you can see here you're looking at 10 yards cushion of, of space. And so if you're ever looking and trying to figure out whether someone is in zone or man as a corner, look at where their back is facing, right? That's the easiest way to identify it. If a, if a cornerback is playing man, typically their back is going to be facing the middle of the field. If they're playing zone, their back is going to be facing the sideline. And the reason is when you're playing man, you are almost always trying to use the sideline as a second defender. So you are trying to force an outside release and you are trying to limit the route tree of the receiver to only things that can be run with an outside release. So when you look at these, these plays, you can say, okay, he's in zone. And because of the way he's approaching this, he's retreating, 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 making sure that he's not getting beat to the, to the sideline and forcing the receiver to the middle of the field. He just tracks the ball like a receiver and he just goes up and gets it. And the ability to set up a play like that 
is much easier to make in zone coverage and off coverage. And it's not something you see a lot out of the slot. It's not something you see a lot from the Saints because they thrive in man coverage. And that's why he's not necessarily a corner that makes a ton of sense for the Saints. And that's why it makes a lot of sense why Paulson Adebo is like above him on the pecking order because this is a team that does want to prioritize man coverage. But you can still find ways to to take advantage of this skill set. And I just don't think that the slot is the best way. You know, I want to see him in dime coverages. I want to see him in these off coverages where he's not being asked to jam. He's being allowed to just run down the field and make a play on the ball. That was against the Titans. He makes an interception. This is against, you know, friend of the program, James Winston. He's again, he's setting up outside. So he's going to try to force this receiver inside. I think it might be Mike Evans. And he just cuts it. He undercuts the the out. Much like Janoris Jenkins, if you want to go back to the 2020 season, it's a very similar interception to what Jack Rabbit had in that opener against Tom Brady. They're trying to run that speed out. And he just jumps it. He he knows the play and he jumps it. This is one of the few that's in press coverage, but he's still not jamming. He's still trying to force, this might be Chris Hogan, still trying to force the receiver inside and he's able to undercut it and go get the ball. And he can just has a really good sense for where the ball is going to be. And when he gets there, he's not just trying to bat it down. He is trying to intercept it. And that's, to me, the hallmark of being a ball hawk versus just being a, you know, jamming physical corner, which is what I would classify Paul Sinadipo as. This is back with the Broncos. He's wearing 29 in this. He's at the bottom of the screen. And this is a tough one, but you can see he just tracks this ball. This is Josh Rosen, probably with the worst pass I've ever seen. <laughs> and he just tracks it like a receiver, you know, and that's what he's able to do. And I want to see him be able to play to his strengths. If you go back to the Chargers game, he got beat deep on the play where they asked him to get up and jam on the edge, play man-to-man coverage with no help over the top, and it didn't work. And so I think that Bradley Roby is a guy who – you know, I think he would hold up in the slot and I think he's going to get reps in the slot, but I don't think that is where you want to pigeonhole him. I want to see PJ Williams. I want to see Justin Evans and I want to see Bradley worked into some, some dime coverages, some robber coverages where he can use his ball hawking ability and make big plays because, you know, pass broken up passes will change a drive. Big interceptions can change a game. And I, that's what I want to see from him. And I think he has the ability to do it. And so that's my very long rant on why I don't want to see Bradley Roby banging his head against the wall in the slot all season long. Well, don't you, what if, you know, say you have a healthy Paulson Adebo and you got Marshawn obviously out there as well, but wouldn't your best three corners on the field, you throw him into the mix as your slot guy? Again, it's it's going to depend on how the how the offense is attacking you, right? I don't want to see Bradley Roby lined up against Kyle Pitts constantly. I don't want to see him lined up against the tight end of the other team if they're in the slot. You know, even like Chris Godwin, a really big body wide receiver that's going to try to bully you. I don't like that matchup for him. But if you know if they're going five wide and you just have to match up across the board, yeah, sure, throw him in the slot, allow him to play off and make a play on the ball. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm don't. i not saying he can't play in the slot. I just don't think that, you know, I think there's this tendency because CJ was so good and he was always the best option in, in the slot when he was here. I think the, the natural kind of tendency will be to say, okay, 
let's just lock that down with a dip with another corner or another defensive back and say, this is your job now. And when I asked Dennis about this, he said, you know, the idea is you're going to rotate, you know, you're going to have different schemes in place, particularly as it pertains to the slot for different matchups. So, you know, there will be some weeks where maybe Bradley Roby makes the most sense. There will be some weeks where maybe Justin Evans, maybe PJ Williams, more physical guys make sense because you really want to make the tight end, make the make the big wide receiver, make the AJ Browns of the world feel you when you can. And so that's that's where I want to see it from him. But you know, again, Bradley Roby, I think, is a very good cornerback. I don't think he's a perfect cornerback. So that's why you have to, you know, a perfect cornerback to me, like a Marshawn, a Patrick Peterson, guys who you can put anywhere on the field and trust that they will be able to do it as at the top at the top level at their position. I think that from a physical standpoint, Bradley can get taken advantage of. And so you have to be careful about how you use him and how you deploy him. And I think that's why it's, I think this is a good year to have Dennis Allen as your head coach, because he's going to know that he's going to understand that thing's going to do a good job with it. I definitely appreciate Roby's ball skills and all, but I don't, the, the term ball hawk, I, I think we mentioned it earlier too, kind of gets overused a lot. Uh, just like goat, you know, everyone's the greatest of all time, just devil's advocate here. Bradley Roby's never had more than two interceptions in a season. And we saw Paulson Adebo his rookie year come down with three. Yeah. So yeah. there's an element, an element of randomness to interceptions. Right. But it's just a scenario where, you know, one of those interceptions from Bradley was, or from Paulson was that crazy one-handed interception against the Falcons, you know? And so it's, it's more about putting him in position to make an impact. And I think it's, you know, I, I would liken Bradley to uh, Jack Rabbit. Yeah. Where, you know, I don't think Jack Rabbit was necessarily the best man cover corner, but he got the job done. But he was a guy who, you know, you would trust to be able to jump around. Now, I, I've talked glowingly about the term ball hawk. It can be a bad thing. It's not always, and Bradley said this, you know, you're not always supposed to go for the pick. Sometimes it's the wrong play. Sometimes, you know, it's like a, it's like a, in, in basketball, when someone gets really over aggressive and goes for a steal, and then you miss, and then all of a sudden it's a layup instead of, you know, them having to run offense. That can happen. So you have to be careful about how you do it and how you, how you try to jump routes. Because you don't want to jump a route and miss, and then it's a 70-yard touchdown behind you because you left the safety out to dry. So there is, there, is, there is hit and miss there. And that's why when you look at a Paulson Adebo and you say, yes, I am very much okay with a guy who is able to just play physical coverage and knock the ball down. That's what you need the corner to be able to do. But I think that there's, there's a, there's a point where you want to reach with every cornerback where you can say, okay, this is the position I want them to play. And you want to understand what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are and put them in positions to succeed. And that's what coaching is, right? That's what Brian Kelly would say he didn't do from Malik neighbors. It's the, it's, it's the old, you know, they make a mistake and you say, no, it's not your fault. It's my fault for putting you in the game. You know, that sort of thing. Right. We, we've got to be better as coaches. Yeah. That's my favorite thing. Oh yeah. 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 No, don't worry. It's not, it's not the player's fault. It's my fault because I thought they were better than they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of like a little backhand right there. Exactly. Oh man, That blew up on my Twitter. Uh, Brian Kelly, Brian Kelly saying, yeah, we made a mistake. We thought he was good. <laughs> 
yeah. It's the type of thing you can say in college and, and all you have is a transfer. If you say that in the NFL, you know, the players are going to fight you anyway. But yeah, that's my, that's my long rant about, about Bradley Roby. I really do like Bradley Roby. And I just, I think that the important thing for him is making sure that he is put in positions to succeed. And I don't think that having him constantly trying to, to jam people in the slot is, is the best option. That's, that's what, that's all that is. That's, that's what that boils down to. If you don't want to listen to that whole rant, you can just fast forward to like the final 30 seconds. And that's my take. And you know what, with, with Roby too, you know, he's got the quote unquote skins on the wall and yeah, was just one of those other studs. I know everybody was definitely talking about a Debo during training camp uh, of how, being one of the all-stars, but Roby's training camp was definitely just as good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you saw the, you saw some of the warts in that Chargers game when he got beat over the top. And I think, DA after the game said, yeah, that wasn't a good call by me. That would put him in a bad situation. And that's, that's good coaching. Like that's not blaming the player for being who he is saying, you know, I didn't put him in position to succeed because there's a thin line there between, between being a, being an irritant and throwing a guy under the bus and actually being honest and saying that that was a bad call. Um, But I was going to say, Oh, the the other thing, you know, you might not have the luxury of saying we can play Bradley Roby in the slot. Because you might need him to start on the outside. <laughs> right. Exactly. Because as we just established on the injury report, we haven't seen Paulson Adebo in a week and a half. He's dealing with an ankle injury. And even if he does go at this point, you have to at least have some concern about how that ankle holds up in the game. So I'm not sure you have the luxury of being able to say, yeah, we're just going to load up Bradley Roby and slot reps and and trust that he's going to be available, you know, when if we need him on the outside. So I think if you're looking at the slot against the Falcons, you are probably looking at PJ Williams getting the getting the bulk of those snaps, and I feel okay with that. I think I think he'll hold up in those snaps. Do you think Justin Evans could be a guy that could take that duty too? Oh, for sure, for sure. But I think he's the rotational guy. I think, and Deuce McAllister brought this up. I think you're going to see a good number of three safety um, yeah. reps. You know, you're going to see. I think you're going to see Tyron in the slot. I think you could see Marcus in the slot, Marcus May. I think you could see Justin Evans in the slot. But I think you're going to try to confuse people. You're going to try to move those guys around so the offense doesn't know exactly what you are what you were looking at every time. But again, that's going to put a big onus on these guys communicating in the right way. And when that doesn't go well, it can mean big plays on the back end. So hopefully it works. I think the Falcons are a good team to test that against because I don't think they have a receiver that scares you down the field. Um, and so that's, if I'm trying to trying to dummy out a, you know, disguised heavy defense, this is the team that I'm, that I'm looking to do it against. <laughs> yeah. There, there's definitely questions with the Falcons receiving core. And I know they tried to, you know, add a guy like Drake London in the first round, but there's even question marks if he's going to be able to play, on Sunday, I'm pretty sure they're going to, you know, find a way to get him onto the field. But, yeah, your, your big concern is Kyle Pitts, who's a tight end, but really a wide receiver, If you know, to be honest. Yeah, he's he's a big wide receiver. He's what Evan Engram was supposed to be, right? <laughs> he, um, you know, he's not dissimilar to Michael Thomas in the sense that, you know, he's not going to blow by you, but he's athletic enough and he's big enough that he's always open, right? Like that's why Michael Thomas is always open because 
you can throw him open at any time. And, and that's what Kyle Pitts is. Um, if you throw the right ball, he's going to catch it because you can't move him. You know, he's going to beat you up and he's going to get where he needs to go because he's a big dude and he can do it. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's it. And I think we can we could probably cut it off there because the next segment's going to be heavily on the Falcons anyway. But yeah, Bradley Roby, ball hawk, lead in. TM, trademark. It's like when Paris Hilton tried to trademark that's hot. I don't think he could do it with ball hawk. Anyway, that's the end of that segment. Inside black and gold, stick around. We're going to go through the keys, the three keys that I think the Saints need to hammer on to dominate the Falcons. Not just win, beat the bricks off them and make them remember it. Where else can you get a Paris Hilton reference too? Yes. I should probably cut that out or I'll get sued. Stick around on Inside Black and Gold.